Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast, and it's another victory podcast. I wasn't quite sure at the start of the day today whether I was going to be able to say that, but I can bloody well say it now because I'm 100% sure after a 3-0 victory against Arsenal, and myself and Paddy are here to try and break it down through gilded smiles on our faces uh, because, uh, yeah, that's definitely one to write the train back on the tracks again after the last two games, and Paddy... How are you feeling about that game? How's it, you know, what was, what's the, what's the, what's the feeling was, I suppose, about, <laughs> about that game? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm over the moon. I'm absolutely delighted with the performance, you know, from, from one to 11, I thought we were the better side. Um, it's, it's a performance that we needed after the last two games. And I'd even go as far as saying that I think it's a better performance than beating Liverpool. Bear in mind that we can we did concede two goals and when they went forward they looked like they were going to score two but tonight we just looked completely in control and to do it against a team perceived team to be one of the big six that's two scalps we've taken this year and I for one I'm absolutely thrilled about it. Three scalps I suppose if you include Leicester who I think oh, yeah. really, <laughs> really have to be in there I don't think you call Man United a big six team anymore after the last four or five years uh, I think Leicester have been there the whole time and that's not a dig yeah. at United it's it's just that Leicester have been a more consistent team over the last four or five years you know and, and it's kind of um, the one you forgot really isn't it it's just kind of yeah them as a team but in fairness they have been there uh, their boats for for so long so since winning the league they haven't they haven't really yeah. kind of let up at all and, and and they've been they've been pretty merciless I think really and, and they've been pretty pretty 
good in everything they've done, recruitment and so on. But like they're top of the league at the moment. That kind of says it all, really. And we beat them one nil. Uh, and we we and not, them not to forget that uh, we win our game in hand, we're level with them on top of the league. So yeah, <laughs> let's not forget how how close we are to that, because uh, I definitely think we we have nothing to worry about with regards looking down the bottom of the table at this stage. Um, interesting stat that uh, I watched the match on being sports mm-hmm. because uh, the commentary on the. Premier Sports won. Oh my God! Least charismatic voice, Kenny. Uh, Kenny Cunningham. If you listen to this, I really oh like God. what you got to say. I just can't listen to it for long enough. It drones out. I'm so sorry, man. You've got some really good things you got to, that you he say. Did, he just couldn't get. He just can't get excited. Can't, even that's it. That we had it was just so hard to listen to. But when I turned over, Ian Dark said, "No team has ever gone down from the Premier League after winning its first four games." So I think we're okay. Oh, Jesus. We also stayed up. I think we were the first team ever to stay up after being 10 points down with four games to go or something like that as well. So we're, we're breaking. We've booked a lot of trends. We've booked a lot of trends. That's what Stephen said. I hope that's a record we're not going to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. But uh, no, the way things are going, I think at the moment uh, and the recruitment that's been made, the people from behind the scenes and just the general system that we play at the moment, I think we're a handful for a lot of teams. Yes. When we get, when things don't go our way and when we're, when we kind of break from structure, we can get picked apart. And I think that that's, that's to be expected from a team that's we're still, it's still kind of a newish team. It's a team that just, that's gotten the grips with the, uh, with the Premier League and it's gotten it's getting the grips as well with Craig Shakespeare's very, very definite footprint or handprint or fingerprint or whatever you want to call it. It could be a footprint in a couple of people's arses after the Southampton and, and Leeds game, but it would be a, a fingerprint on, on, on that team. And before we kind of go into go into something along those lines, uh you know, we were both a bit up you were a bit more optimistic than I was. For once, yeah. I was very cautious about this game. I just thought that, uh, that you know, the last thing we needed was a free-flowing uh, kind of team that had pace at the wings coming at us again after the last two games that we had. But we put our stamp on this very early, Paddy, and we had a goal within the first 90 seconds, you know. And, and it was... 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was... 54 seconds, I think. Was it 54? And it was... It, it seemed to be that there was a definite identification of how to get at Arsenal. And it was basically just to play it in over their wingbacks and see what happens. Uh, and, and that, that run from Jack Grealish. Oh, Jesus. You, you can't teach that. You can't teach that lazy run. Like it was so lazy that the, that the midfielder didn't even, didn't even track him. And the next thing he just, he just burst the pace, uh, got onto the ball. It was fantastic. You know, that was a fantastic run. McGinn gets it, smashes into the top corner. And of course our old friend VAR rules it out without getting into the nuts and bolts of VAR because I was on the whole cast tonight as well. And uh, I, I, I worked myself up over VAR and I, I, I kind of, I've kind of realized that I'm more disappointment, disappointed in what I thought VAR VAR was going to be than the decisions that VAR has because I spent 20 years wanting VAR in the league and yeah. now that it's in the league Me it's too. a pile of shit and I, I'm i disappointed with the actual with it itself when I wanted it for so long so it's kind of like never meet your heroes kind of situation for me yeah. with but VAR. The, problem, the problem with VAR is it's run by humans humans who, who obviously have never played football in their lives and humans that wouldn't realise that 
if there was 10 goalkeepers standing in the goal, they weren't yeah. stopping that John McGean shot. It made no, absolutely no difference that uh, Barkley was there, albeit I was very frustrated with Barkley for being there. And bear in mind that I think it took a slight deflection. I don't know whether it was going wide or what would have happened, but <clears throat> I did think it, take, it took a slight deflection on the way in um, from whoever was standing in front of him. But to sum up VAR, we'll move on for it very quickly because it's not going to define. Tonight, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, for me, they took four minutes to look for a clear and obvious error. That's how long the decision yeah, took. Yeah. Anyway, we move on. We move on because uh, I've done nearly more talk about VAR uh, over this yeah. game. But we just no, beat absolutely. fucking Arsenal 3 0. It's been fantastic. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, but, and it would be remiss was not to, to speak about it too because I know, yeah, you know, it's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. And uh, as I said, it won't define the match. Um, McGinn actually got a bit. Uh, Animated after it as well. Actually, got a bit sloppy. He left. He left a short yeah. pass for for Martinez. He played a ridiculous cross wheel pass, and another short pass went astray in, in in the in the lead up to the what was ultimately the first goal. So he eventually settled himself down. But, but the last time he got wild up like that was against Southampton. He should have been. He should have got a foul, and then he ended up with the the injury that he got. So he needs to eradicate that from his game. But from then on, we completely bossed the game, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I know. Like, like the, the the proof I think of it was the amount of confidence we had for our first goal. And when we come on to the first goal, like, and this first goal is is synonymous of what Aston Villa kind of has, what what the attacking intent for Aston Villa has become. We're not just a get the ball to Jack Grealish and see what happens team like we were last year. You know, Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish were down there. They had oodles of time. They like the defenders were afraid to to press them and attack them. They were yeah, letting them have no the ball there. there yeah, yeah and, and see what happens. Then the ball comes across, lovely whip ball across Trezeguet at the back post, puts pressure on on Saka, and it goes back. It goes into the back of the net. One nil up, Aston Villa. Fantastic. But I think the big story about the first goal there was the confidence that Villa have an attack I, I can't I genuinely can't I'd say it must be since we had Milner Young Downing Barry Agbon uh, Lahore John Crew. we haven't had a confidence in our midfield and attack before sorry we haven't had a midfield I've, I've had confidence in players before but our midfield and, and our attack have never been confident in themselves to be able to do something like that against a, a, a pretty good uh, pretty well drilled Arsenal team when they're on when they're on song and let's not let's not demo, like let's like the, I'm sure a lot of a lot of a lot of papers tomorrow will say Arsenal were abject and they didn't play very well and that's fine if that's their opinion that's fine and I'm not going to get into the mm. teams always papers always say teams play bad against Aston Villa but Aston Villa took the game to Arsenal today I was critical of Aston Villa in the last two games and said that they they weren't able to do that we were a counter attacking team today we weren't today we took the team to the the game to Arsenal. We we uh, we took them on in their own box, and this was a, this goal was symptomatic of of a lot of the good play that we had today. And fair play to Trezeguet. He's Trezeguet is undroppable at the moment for the amount of work he does. Yeah, I think he's undroppable. Yeah. And yeah. who would have thought we'd say that after last no. June? <laughs> after last July. <laughs> well, you know, as I said, we're we're not looking down anymore. We're looking we're looking up and we're looking forward. So hopefully he's had his, his wake up call and he's he's had a bit of uh, pressure put on him with signings and 
uh, El Ghazi is still there to put pressure on him. So, mm. you know, that's keeping him on top of his game. He ran himself into the ground before he eventually came off. But, um, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's a starter now. I think he's a starter every week. So, good luck to him. Yeah. And, look, as I, as I would say all the time, I am an Aston Villa fan. I reserve the right to be fickle at any given time. As I said, <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> but fair play to Trezeguet. Look, as it, like the, the man is the man is obviously uh, settled his feet. He's got his feet under the table of, of uh, British-style football in, in the Premier League at the mm. moment. And, uh, you know, I would love to see his, the output from his GPS device. I would love to see his sports science output, output because um, it must be brilliant. And, and do you know what I love? I love the way he's got a little niggly kind of dirty little foul in him just as the team is about to cross the, line, cross the, the halfway line as well. Yeah. And I know that, that it's, it's, not, it, it's intelligent foul because he, like, Traore didn't do that against Leeds and, and he didn't do that against Leeds because he couldn't get near the Leeds players and they were able to get, get straight at Matty Cash. But he did it once once tonight and it was pretty evident, you know, little little kind of, I'm trying to go for the ball just kind of collision of legs and uh, wasn't malicious, wasn't dangerous, wasn't dirty, but it was one of those ones, stop the play in the middle of the field, regroup, and let's keep going. We're the away team after all. And and that's in, that's that's okay to have, I think. I think that's okay to have that that at times uh, within the midfield. Second goal, Paddy. So we went into we went in at halftime, one nil up. And yeah, uh, uh, by far the better feeling? side, apart from there was a there was a couple of minutes. Um, that they peppered peppered their goal, um, and eventually Lacazette had a header, um, pretty close as well, um. But other than that, we we I thought we controlled the first half, um. We started the second half very strong as well. Uh, Trezeguet had a good shot and a uh, a good save at the at the near post, um. And you know they had a chance then as well. Williams scuffed the shot when he was kind of unmarked, so. It wasn't. It wasn't without faults. There was a, a couple of chances in there, um, and then the second goal was Watkins' header, wasn't it? Second goal was Watkins' header, but the second goal yeah. I think is one of the best goals we've scored all year. What a goal! I'm, yeah, <laughs> I, I, like that. That 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 raking pass into the corridor of uncertainty from from Douglas Louise. Goalkeeper couldn't come for it. Defenders were. On their heels, backpedaling, afraid to get ahead to it, didn't know what was going on behind them. Ross Barkley knew what was going on behind him because he was there. And that cross from Ross Barkley, if he tries it again a million times, he will not hit it into the, into a more perfect place. Bert Leno was there and it went past him at a rate of knots. And Ollie Watkins put his head where we've seen Philip players not put their heads in previous games yeah. and previous seasons. And he put it in the back of the net. And he was under pressure. And to be honest with you, he had to get in front of the defender. That's something that we, I've been speaking about, Ollie Watkins, when he first came to the club. He gets in front of defenders. And, you know, he makes, like, they hear the steps behind it, coming behind him. And when they react, he's in front. Yeah. I thought it was a wonderful goal. The, the finish was two yards out, but Jesus, the, the skill from Louise, the skill from um, from Barkley. Uh, the, ball I, I just, from, the ball from Louise to, to Barkley was just sublime. Yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> stuff. Um, I love it. There was a couple of balls. Like, um, McGinn played one into to Jack in the first half. A, a, a pretty similar type ball right onto his toe. It was fantastic. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a new way of attacking in our locker. But you, you say you say it was our, our one of our best goals of the season. The third one <laughs> would run it a bit close, I think. I think um 
to watch um, how quick Martin is. Um, get, you know, he changed the, tr- the transition was so quick uh, to roll the ball out to Jack, who eventually gave the assist to to uh, Watkins. It was just fantastic. You know, th- yeah. these are th- these are what we should be looking at doing, uh, destroying teams on the break because we we have the pace, we have the manpower now to put the ball in the back of the net. So. Um, it's goals like that that we should be looking at at scoring at will this season, especially against teams that are struggling below us. Um, and we've got a couple of games coming up that we can actually look at and see where we're at and see if we're not just rising to the big occasion, which I hope is not going to be the case because we need to we need to put uh, space between ourselves and and the perceived teams who are allegedly supposed to be in trouble, but. Uh, it's a long way to go, but two fantastic goals tonight. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the only letdown for me was that I backed Ollie Watkins to score a hat trick at one hundred and twenty-five to one. It, it was only a euro, but it, w- it would have been nice. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, he's a habit of doing it on Sunday nights. I, I have a mate who texted me, and he said, uh, "In fairness, uh, he might be actually. I might actually listen to this. He's a Liverpool fan." Um, Daryl, if you're listening, uh, he texted me, he said, what, what has Ali Watkins done? And he was saying it in a playful manner, no, and he said, the only thing he's ever done is score a hat-trick against us. Like, that, as if it was a bad thing. <laughs> Literally three minutes later, Ali Watkins scores, a, scores his first goal. Then he scores the second one. Then I get a text going, you're welcome, Neil. <laughs> so uh, him into action. Yeah, but but Ali Watkins, I want to talk about him for a moment. He, his hold up play is just majestic. It's fantastic. His touch is great. Like the, the touch out of the sky is great. He's able to take the game to defenders for somebody who's less than six foot. Um mm-hmm. he his movement. Uh himself and Ross Barkley. I thought Ross Barkley uh was fantastic today, and 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 I'm gonna talk about him later on in the, in, in the podcast. Um, yeah. himself and Ross Barkley were playing as two strikers today. I'm convinced of it. I, I, I'm. He, yeah. Ross Barkley was beside him. Ross Barkley was actually playing at the top of the, at, at the was was leading the line at times tonight. He was, yeah, and and it, uh, it, it really frightened Arsenal when when they were left with it with a three on two. Well, it didn't happen too often, but they they, they really didn't know how to cope with Barkley. Um, before you leave the Watson or Watkins, um. There was an incident, 80 minutes on the clock. Watkins gave the ball away on the edge of the box. And we we were we were caught. And when we retrieved the ball from their break, it was Watkins that broke it down in the corner flag. I just thought, that's exactly what you're looking for people to do. Re- re- recognise they've made the error and absolutely bust the gut to get back and, and win the ball back. I couldn't believe it when I saw it was him winning the ball back. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll move on to uh, to Barkley, who I think we saw a bit of a different dimension to his game tonight, and uh, he he had them rattled from the word go. He absolutely did, and, and I spoke about him a lot in the in the preview um, about what he needs to do, and I actually floated out the idea that maybe he could be there could be a bit of a squad rotation in there, and how foolish I was. Uh, to even suggest that because Connor Howard, much and all as we love him, um, isn't was wouldn't have been the same type of player in that in that much fo- more forward role that uh, that Ross Barkley was in tonight. Not saying he couldn't do it, but Ross Barkley 
was put there for a reason. He was put there and as he was against Leicester, as he was against Liverpool. Uh, Thomas Partey was taken off at halftime. They brought on Ceballos. With all due respect to Danny Ceballos, I'd say if he touched the ball double-digit times, he was doing well. You know, he didn't have any effect in the he game. Did. And in fact, he... Cleared the ball off the line at one stage cleared, from Jack. Th- that was it, yeah. That was that was his contribution. Good contribution, all the same. But uh, Thomas Partey was getting on the ball and was raking balls across. I do think Arsenal did need to come out of their shell when, uh, to make that change. But, you know, Ross Barkley was the... I suppose was really was the catalyst for an awful lot that Aston Villa did tonight. And uh, as I say, he did play more or less in that striker's role, that withdrawn striker's role. And he was up and down the field. He was fantastic. Mm. John McGinn was back to his normal self. His magic arse was in full effect tonight. He was using it left, right and centre. After his early wobble. Yeah, after his early, yeah, that one, those one or two raking passes, that that short pass he left Demi Martinez, and when he tried yeah. to rake across the field, and it, it burned a few worms across the way. It barely got off the ground. Uh, Matt Target, I thought, was fantastic tonight. Matty Cash, I thought, was very solid down there as well. Early early periods of the game, commentators were saying he was going to get ripped a new one. He solidified himself much with the help of of Trezeguet as well. Thought that thought they were very very solid down there, and it kind of goes back to what I've been saying about the system, Paddy. That this team plays well when we play in structure. This team plays well when we play in structure, and when we break, we break as a we we break with purpose, as opposed to. I can't verbalize it. it. Like we have a very specific system and it goes back to Craig Shakespeare. And I think his fingerprint is all over it. We have the people running the channels. We have people dragging center halves out of there. We've, we, we invite their, their fullbacks onwards. And then we've got Jack Grealish over the top. Like it's, it's, it's very difficult to defend. And I think the fact that we put Ross Barkley up front near, near Ollie Watkins is a kind of a head scratcher for some defenses because they're, they're not, maybe not expecting it. They haven't been expecting it. And, you know, it's working so far. Um, yeah. The third goal, Paddy, uh, Ollie Watkins, left footer. Yeah, great finish. Talk to me about it. Um, I, I was just very impressed with the, how, how quick we, we turned. Uh, if you remember, there was a ball, a ball was crossed and Martin has caught it on the edge of the six-yard box, straight back up, uh, rolled the ball out to Jack, very, very deep. Jack brought it on, played the ball through to Watkins. Great finish. Brilliant goal. I just I just thought that, you know, this, this is these are the kind of goals that people are going to be wary of us in future because we, we, we've no doubt got that in our locker. Um, like Watkins, you know, I know he held up the ball and he did, did a lot. He, he didn't... He didn't do a lot in the uh, in in the game up until you know the the, the goals started to go in for well obviously his first goal, and then you noticed him more. It was like as if his 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 uh, uh, someone had woken him up, but um, I, I I really enjoyed watching him tonight. He looked like he was having fun, especially towards the, the back end of the game. Um, his interview afterwards, I thought he was great. You know, talking about the system and the belief in the manager and. Um, you know, there seems to be a really, really good togetherness there. Um, can't see any, <laughs> I can't see any way uh, this team is going to be changed up too much unless we've got any injuries or suspensions. Mm. Um, you know, and I just hope now when they when they all come back from from international duty that we're not looking at anybody with any suspensions or um, injuries, I should say. <clears throat> um, 
I'm pretty sure Jack is going to go and haunt the Republic of Ireland on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but he mightn't see too much more action after that. So I hope I'm actually afraid. Don't too hard on him. I was just about to say, Paddy, I'm fucking afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid he's going, that he's playing Ireland, at the, uh, uh, you know, on Thursday. I don't want him to get a, like, because in the form he's in, there's no one can live with him. You know, there is no yeah. one can live with him. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, he's either going to, like, he's he could dance through that team, no problem. You know, and... Uh, yeah, there's dancing through it, and then there's someone deciding to make a name for themselves and slattering him. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's what you got to be wary For of, once, so. Garrett, for once, Garrett, don't, don't play don't Jack. <laughs> don't pick him for this game. Pick him for every other game afterwards. Don't pick him for uh, this game, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's coming from... From from us who would like nothing more than to see Jack Grealish uh, fulfill his potential, um, just not on Thursday because we we we've enough Thursday. disappointment with our national team without getting us banking off England, exactly. which is more than likely what's going to happen. But yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see love, what kind of team. I love the optimism of uh, Stephen Kenny. He is named uh, was it eight strikers or eight forward players in in his squad. I love that optimism because. Uh, I'd say maybe one might be used of all eight. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. That's beside the point. We're on a team in transition, very much so. And uh, look, uh, football in Ireland, uh, especially at the international level and the governing body, there's like there's a full year worth of podcasts that could be done in that because it's not very much in a good spot at the moment. Uh, the talent is there. The actual governance of, of football within Ireland is not in a great spot at the moment. But it's getting there very slowly. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to another person on this team. I'm going to give a shout out to Emmy Martinez. Very little to do today, but my God, he's got hands that are like glue. He look like when he comes for a cross in the air, he catches it. There's no, there's no, there's no, will he catch it? Won't he catch it? He catches it. He's, 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 and uh, I was talking on the podcast earlier on and, you know, it's very much the reason I wanted to bring him up is obviously he's gone back to his old hunting ground in in Emirates. Um, he would have been brought up. He came to came to Arsenal at a young age. I think it was nineteen. He came to Arsenal at nineteen or eighteen or nineteen, and he would have been trained by the great Jerry Payton, uh, former Irish uh, sub goalkeeper. Couldn't get past yeah. uh, Packy Bonner, um, but he would have been trained up by Jerry Payton, who would have been very well respected goalkeeping coach. Um, I don't know who else he would have been trained up because I think Jerry Payton left at some stage in and around when Wenger left. Um, or before Wenger left, but you can just see this guy has learned how to play the old school British way. Uh, and I've said that twice, uh, and I do refer to it as, Brit- as British football because it really is. Like he plays uh, confident, um, kind of uh, almost attacking goalkeeping. Like he catches the ball, even when shots come to him, he catches the ball. He doesn't try and parry everything out. He doesn't play continental. He's a South American guy. You'd expect him to be a small bit more risk averse, parry things to the side. He backs himself. He tries to catch the ball, and it's it's a, such a settling thing to see. There are times they were crossing balls into the back post, and you know he's just going to get there. He's going to get defenders out of his way, and he's just going to get up and catch the ball above everyone else. And I, I'm I'm really impressed by him. Really, really am impressed by him. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> there's there's a, a great element of, you can see the back four have utmost confidence in him. So that in itself 
is uh, it just it stops us from from playing so deep at times. Um, I know we played very deep against Leeds, but that was or at, well at times we did, but it was just a, a different animal altogether. But um, you can see that you know every everyone believes in them. They they know what a world class goalkeeper they have behind them. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how Arsenal let him go because uh, he, for me, he's better than Leno. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but uh, Arsenal fans, uh, friends of mine have said he's better than Leno. They believe it. So, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's one of those strange ones that <laughs> they, they, they actually let him go. But look, it was a good move for him. Um, I'd, I'd say he's very happy with his decision to come and play with us because he's playing regularly, we're doing well. And, and that's a lot of that is down to him. Um, you, you just feel that, you know, if a ball's going to come in there, he's going to come and take it. As you say, old school, kind of remind you of a, a Pat Jennings or a Ray Clements, the way he comes and, and takes mm. a ball. Um, obviously, they wouldn't be as quick on, on re-releasing it and, and turning it, you know, quickly. But, uh, you know, like the way... Pepe Reina did for us when, when he came in. Um, but that he, he has a mixture of a, a few different types of goalkeeper there. But I suppose the main thing is that the, there's a lot of faith in him. And um, if a mistake is made, as uh, for example, the McGinn one leaving him short, you just backed him to come and do enough, which he did. And uh, fair play to him. And I'm delighted to have him in our team. And long may that continue. Yeah. But uh, you, was- you have a really difficult decision tonight because uh, it's very hard to pick a Laker man of the match. In, I don't, uh, Petty. I have a I have a Laker <laughs> sports man of the match and I alluded to it earlier on. I said I'd talk about him later on. I think Ross Barkley was head and shoulders best player in the field tonight. I think he was everywhere. I think when the ball came to him, he did everything right. He was playing as a striker. He actually led the line a good bit tonight as well alongside Ali Watkins. He was there for... Every, for for that that for just for that cross alone for that first time volleyed cross, twenty six year old Ross Barkley with all the talent in the world should be isn't in the England squad. They're the kind of things I don't want. It, like as much and all as I want Jack to be in England squad, I want Ross Barkley playing that kind of stuff for us the whole for, for us all year. He is our secret weapon this year. I was down on him. I wasn't really down on him. I was just kind of questioned maybe whether he was injured prior to this game. If that's an injured Ross Barkley playing today, well, then I can't wait to see 100% Ross Barkley. And he is our Laker Sports man of the match. And he deserves every bit of it because he covered ground tonight. He covered a lot of ground tonight. And uh, yeah, and he kept Arsenal on their, on their heels when the ball was going forward. Yeah. Um, you could argue the case for, for Jack Trezeguet. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Louise, I thought was fantastic as well. Uh, two fullbacks are great, as you said earlier. You know, across the board, it was the most uh, complete performance that we've had all season. Bear in mind that we did let in two against Liverpool and they did trouble us a few on a few occasions. But uh, for me, that's our performance of the season. We rarely looked in any kind of trouble. I know Lacazette got in for a header and we we'd one shot from uh, William, which could have done better with. But other than that, they found it very hard to break us down. We, we were by far and away. Uh, too much for them and uh, I really hope we can bring that into the the next few games because there's a huge opportunity to put points in the board now going forward yeah absolutely 15 points from seven games I think everybody would have taken it at the start of the season we go into an international break for two weeks 
and it's going to be clear sailing then towards the January transfer window. Uh, we've got a, a run of games coming up soon. And uh, obviously after after this, I think we've got West Ham definitely in there. I think Burnley and Brighton might be in there as well. But yeah, it's, West Ham uh, and Brighton, I think, are the, the uh, next two. Are the next two, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's see what we can get. Still not getting carried away with the start of the season. We're only in sixth place so far. Um, but sixth place is better than than 17th or 18th place. Mm-hmm. 15 points is a great, great haul. Uh, and this the, the togetherness and the gelling of this team is fantastic. Um, be interesting now to see uh when we start to get players. Well, like Tom Heaton should be ready after the after the international break. Dory you know where he's going to fit in. He's obviously not going to be in goals instead of <laughs> no. Emmy Martinez, but no. you know. A leader in our own camp once more. Um, Absolutely. Other and other player who we should be back from injury, and we'll see what happens. We're in a strange, uh, a strange run of fixtures now. When we come back, that we don't pay, we don't play any of the perceived big teams until after Christmas. Um, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West mm. Brom, Crystal Palace, and then we play Chelsea on the twenty eighth of December. Followed by yeah. Man United on the second of January, and that's that's our, our tricky three games with Chelsea, Man U, and Spurs. But there's nothing to be feared there. You know, we have got it. We've got to go and, and pressure all these teams. Like you're you're looking at a run of fixtures there that you'd probably be disappointed, with the exception of Wolves. You'd be disappointed if you weren't getting anything out of it. You know what I mean? But then again, I don't think Wolves are the same as they were last season. So there's no reason why we can't go and put it up to them either. Exactly, yeah, and and look, there there will be a couple of blips here and there, uh, in that in that fixture list. We're not a we're not a world beater. We are a team that is having a very good run of form at the moment. Long may continue. With this 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 run of form can become a trend, can become an actual uh, highlight of the season because a team like Aston Villa, if they were to, if we were to keep on this trajectory and finish in the top six, Jesus Christ, it would be a rocky story. You know, coming back off the canvas to to come back in and to and to to do something good. So, um, look, we've got two weeks to take stead of things. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're going to come to you guys with a couple of podcasts. I hope uh, I've got one or two guests that I want to I want to chat to. Um, uh, myself and Patty want to chat to over the next few weeks. So we will be back with with uh, with a couple of people to um to keep your ears pleased over the coming weeks. Um, but that's going to do it for today. It's 10 minutes to midnight here in Ireland and uh, I got to get some shit out. I've, I've been up for the last five days watching the US election for some queer reason. Um, and I need to, I need to get my circadian rhythm and my sleep pattern back into, back into sync again. Uh, but thanks very much everybody for listening. Big shout, big shout out to our uh, American listeners. I'm sure they've yes. had a fantastic weekend and are uh, having a few more champagnes today to celebrate yeah. that great victory. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them may not have wanted the victory. Some of them may have wanted it. I don't know. Each to their own. But look, well, the victory say, today they're celebrating. Oh, the victory today. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, look. Whether you're whether you're whether you're blue or red in the in the in the United States, you're yeah. claret and tonight. Blue. 
That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, you can catch Paddy on at Philip Paddy. You can catch the podcast here on at Love McGrath Pod. Thanks very much to everybody for listening. Um, appreciate the absolute hell out of all of you guys. Like the numbers and listens of the podcast is mind blowing for some of the shite we spoke at times. But thanks very much for sticking with us. Um, and all that's left to say from two very happy Irish men at nearly midnight is up the villa. Up the villa. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.